save the king. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the King. I am your host, Anne Gripper. I'm back after my week off and I'm joined once again by Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers. Russell, it's lovely to have you with us again. Thank you. Lovely to see you. We are not united in the office. We no. are Zooming. We're Zooming. It's like being back in lockdown, apart from <laughs> Russell's diary is rather fatter than it was when he was in lockdown and locked up in his house and very easy to get a hold of. He's now man about town in that frantic period in the run-up. I mean, let's face it, it is the run-up to a coronation. There is a lot going on. So pinning Russell down for a bit of time is a is a win this week. So it's lovely, lovely to be your, able to catch up. Your sympathies are uh, are appreciated. Not least because, obviously, last week um, it was great to have the um, episode with uh, Bishop Graham and thank you to the people who got in touch to say, I was thinking about skipping that episode, but actually I really enjoyed it. So I'm um, really glad that you did enjoy it. And maybe if you had thought to skip it, it's worth going back to check that out. But because we had a special episode with a special guest, we didn't, we've got two weeks worth of coronation updates and chaos and recipes and guests and all sorts to catch up on but the big news which is the one we'd already been talking about and we've been hoping it would be confirmed far the enough quiche. out that yeah, people the can quiche. the quiche come on the quiche. i know the it's nearly dinner time russell but <laughs> the quiche is coming later no it, well has prince harry been trumped by a quiche maybe but so it was whether which of the sussexes were going to come were they going to come at all and finally we did get our answer it will be just Prince Harry on his own on a relatively flying visit. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, uh, but that was probably always going to be the most likely of the scenarios, wasn't it? But I, I'm, I, won't, um, I won't profess to say I said anything different because it was, uh, I think I said they would both come, then they wouldn't come, then Harry might come. So I suppose one of those was always going to be true, wasn't it? Because Meghan was never going to come on her own. But... Yes, we finally got a decision. I mean, the what was it? The April the 3rd was the date for the RSVP. Headlines. Yeah. And um, and now we, I mean, when did we get his? Let's say, I think it was 10 days late for Harry. So, listen, there was obviously a lot of horse trading in the background. And certainly Harry's um, concerns had to be considered. And one may wonder what those were. Well, was he worried about whether he would be seated up in the gods or behind a pillar or what reception he would get from his family? Of course, he can't judge the reception of the British public. And that was, well, I suppose that was a little bit indifferent. There were obviously a lot of cheers when he came back from for the uh, the late Queen's Platinum Jubilee, but there was a smattering of boos and they were outside St Paul's Cathedral when they went to the Thanksgiving service. So... There's been a lot of things that have happened since then. We've had a Netflix series. We've had a few, you know, shots across the room at, uh, during the Spotify playlist that Megan had. And then we had the pretty explosive memoir, didn't we? So we've got an awful lot to consider for Harry. I've been told it's going to be a very quick trip. It's, it's not going to go to the concert. We revealed that this week. That planners for that has certainly been told not to expect him. So considering that is 24 hours or a bit longer after the king is crowned, looks like Harry ain't stay, sticking around, is he? He's going to be straight on a plane back to uh, belatedly celebrate his son's fourth birthday. 
But like you said, to a certain extent, in hindsight, it makes sense. That's kind of what happens quite often at a, you know, you're invited to a wedding, you've got small children, it's not massively convenient necessarily. The person who it's most important to does go, but possibly comes home before the evening doing the disco. But equally, this is a coronation, it's a big deal. And I think when I heard the news, I felt quite... Uh, this, I guess disappointed in some ways because particularly because Charles had stepped in for Meghan to walk her down the aisle at the wedding and you know they did share that special moment and that special thing and now she's not going to be there at his big moment so I think that's a bit of a shame and then also seeing the photo that you know the lovely photo back from 2018 when Goodness, weren't the little Cambridges a lot littler then uh, for Charles's 70th birthday that's being used in the coronation programme. And the fact that that's probably the most recent picture of that family altogether. And it was mm. been a time before relations were probably too badly broken. I mean, I was looking looking up about it and it was a, a time in um, the Finding Freedom book. It was just, you know, William and Harry blow hot and cold on their father and didn't make much effort to make time for him was how it was framed at that stage when it was being reported sort of at the time rather than they'd had a massive blow up with each other and didn't want to spend time in the same place. But it's a lovely family photo and seeing them, you know, together, they look like they're having fun doing it and I've been doing some photo booking recently and you know seeing those pictures of my family when we were gathered together again for the first times and so the first big occasion since Covid when we were reunited for Christmas or christening or you know those special occasions and how much we enjoyed each other's company and we've got those photos. I mean they're not taken by Chris Jackson from Getty Images we're not all glammed up in nice outfits but we're enjoying each other's company and we've got those together moments and this family haven't had a together moment like that since covid because they're that's not how they feel about each other anymore and i think that's very sad well you you know the the phrase olive branch is often used and perhaps this is another one of those moments and certainly a lot of talk about how charles will feel having his son there i'm sure he's thrilled i mean why would he be anything other than wanting his son there to see his biggest moment his excuse the pun crowning moment of his life because uh it's something that his sons will be completely invested in and regardless of all that has gone before this is a chance for you know the two boys to see their their father in what sh- what should be one of the proudest moments of his life. Now, I definitely do not think that this is a chance for the re- reconciliation that Harry so desperately desires, because there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that are moving around that weekend. And if Harry isn't going to stick around for the concert or for the big lunches or you know whatever all the other receptions, um, will he re- will he even attend attend the family reception? after the coronation one would imagine he would do that but not sticking around for the weekend speaks volumes now for Megan to not go I mean it was great it was a convenient get out wasn't it because of its uh Archie's fourth birthday on the day of the coronation Saturday May the 6th and it probably does take the onus and the heat off of Harry's attendance because regardless of it I mean the two of them have been together in this sort of quest of railing against the royal family, haven't they? But I think it would have been further complicated by Meghan's attendance. And that 
you know, it's arguably no fault of her own, but the attention that would have come with her being here, you know, obviously people on social media will go crazy. People in the media will go equally, um, equally crazy for, for all the headlines. So, listen, I, I, I think it will be a very, very quick trip for Harry in and out. And then, uh, you know, let's see what happens in due course. But I think it also is an illustration of it's that bit easier probably for Meghan to break ties with the royal family and just stay away and, you know, not worry about them at all ever again if she wants to. Mm. Whereas for Harry to break that tie, it will always be hard. They are his his family who he has got a much longer shared I, history with. So. I don't think he wants to break that tie. I think he said himself he he wants, he's seeking re- reconciliation. He wants his father back. He wants his brother back. He's given his children prince and princess titles i mean that is pretty extraordinary that they've gone down that route so um he certainly wants the association and the love and respect of his family whether she wants it remains to be seen i I can't imagine we'll see her um anytime soon i mean why why would they i think that the king and the queen to be and the rest of the family needs to sort of get on with the business of what it means to be in the royal family. And that includes getting out and about throughout the country, foreign tours. Um, it seems to me not a lot has happened over the last couple of years in terms of actual royal business. And so we've been talking about infighting and scandal quite a lot, haven't we? So I'm sure they'll be wanting to hit the ground running, as it were. And with the king's cancelled state visit to France, that should be high up the agenda and, and so should perhaps some autumn tours and getting about uh, the Commonwealth. But autumn tours, can't, well, tours of the Commonwealth potentially come with complications under the new... Uh, well, they do. Under the I new mean, buffs. But we'll come, I think we should probably save that for another day because that's a whole other kettle yes. of piranhas to go into. But I'm sure we'll be talking about that. But now Harry has RSVP'd. They can, they can get on with sorting the table plans and all of that kind of stuff and who's sitting where. But... There sounds like there's still quite a lot to, to, you know, refine. I mean, there is a point to having rehearsals and that is to practice things so that things go right and possibly having tricky rehearsals is not the end of the world. But it's also really not that long until it all happens and there's so much pressure on it being a big one-day thing and everything always goes so well. So this one has to as well. But what's what's going on with the planning and the rehearsals and all of that, Russell. Well, certainly that's the mood music from the palace, that everything will be all right on the night. Everybody's working very hard, burning the midnight oil. I'm not sure how many other phrases we, they, they or we can come up with. But um, listen, my understanding from several sources is that the planning has been fraught. And of course, you may expect it to be a huge global event, something that uh, the eyes of the world will be on. And just, what are we now, nearly two weeks away. I mean, this story that we did last week was three weeks away and there was only one rehearsal uh, that Buckingham Palace say wasn't timed. My sources say differently. It was timed and it ran over significantly. Um, uh, I think that is not in doubt. That has been certainly confirmed by the Palace after my story about the fact that they'd only done one rehearsal. Um, and then you've got the issues of the seating plan hadn't been done, possibly owing a little bit to, to Harry's um, not refusal to, to get his RSVP in, in on time. But uh, one of the other things, and the ramp being built up to the throne chair for the king, I mean, one may wonder why the king needs a ramp being built up to the throne. Um, they say for what it's worth, it was always part of the plans. My sources say it was 
over fears that he could fall over. Now, regardless of what it is, the fact that that's being done and brought in in an emergency state in the, at the 11th hour, call it what you will, is very, very intriguing. And I think that uh, one may hope that it will be all right on the night, but there's certainly a lot of uh, hoops to jump through before that happens. And um, there's been an update as well about how much of that ceremony will be filmed. Although there's also a row about how much of the footage will be able to be used afterwards. Well, again, I mean, the, the king banning the cameras from the anointing uh, process, I mean, stands to reason, doesn't it? It is the most sacred moment of the whole coronation. Of course, that was not filmed during the Queen's coronation. And uh, but as we further reveals a lot, lot in the daily mirror last week coronation you've been busy russell very I've busy. Been a busy man justifying my existence but you know i was told that he which i think first of all he was not going to allow the cameras there then we revealed that uh which i think is a really sweet message he's not going to use the former canopy that his mother used which was this big golden canopy that came over the top and then of course it is a moment where the sovereign is derobed and they sort of bare their breast and their head they are anointed they are blessed by the archbishop of canterbury before being crowned but he has chosen to use three screens and uh these two of these screens have been or one of these screens has been woven embroidered with the 56 names of the commonwealth countries which i think you know he is the head of the commonwealth that is again an outwardly looking moment of this coronation which i think is what charles is about isn't it and we thought we'll talk about just not, you know, doing a deep dive on it, but it is an issue that will no doubt um, be part of his reign that he has to contend with. So by having this outwardly looking focus, I think it is quite important for him. And we know a bit now about some of the people who will be there. Quite a lot of invitations for people from charities. I particularly enjoyed that picture of um, there's a couple of bikers who used their the sort of the biking net work to uh, deliver food during covid and that kind of thing i thought they were there was a um and various other sort of nice you know, community people who've worked yes. and helped in the community who's like here's your awards you've done all of these great well, things please come along to the coronation that's important because the king you know doesn't want eight thousand people at his and i think there were hundreds and hundreds of aristocracy all wearing their finery and their tiaras this certainly isn't about that I mean, it's costing an awful lot of money, so I don't like to use those taglines, the people's coronations, but I suppose it is in a way because he is having hundreds and hundreds of all ordinary folk who have made a difference to their communities. You know, we're talking about a lot of people who have made a difference and um, and and they should be celebrated, and that is part of it. Talking about the 450 guests of the British, um, who have the British... Empire Medal recipients such as uh, that young lad Max who slept in his tent for the last three years. I mean, phenomenal what he's been doing. And those sort of community heroes should be celebrated. And a bit less space for some of the MPs and peers and all of that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, good. I can just watch it on the grandstand from the square. Exactly. I mean, gosh, we've had enough of MPs and their... Uh... <laughs> And their ways, so they certainly shouldn't be going to a coronation. It's interesting that sort of tensions. We last week talking about the relationship between the um, royal family and the church. There's also a relationship between the royal family and politics, and which is something Charles is going to have to navigate for himself as well. Um, right. So, what else? The 
concert. We talked about Harry's going to miss the concerts. But yes, what, what yes. do you think about the lineup, Russell? Katy Perry, take that. Lionel Richie, Bryn Terfel and Andrew Bocelli. Frey Ridings, who I confess I'm not familiar with. And Alex French, Alexis French, also I'm not familiar with. Because Purse, I mean, some people have been a bit like, oh, you know, there's, we wanted bigger names than this. It's like, come on, Katy Perry. This yeah, is like, I mean, she's a big you'll name. Know, you'll and know Lionel Richie, legends. Great You'll know music Freya for Ridings' dancing. song. Uh, Frey Ridings, Lost Without You. You'll know that one. From a few years ago. Um, I'm a Katy Perry fan, so, yeah, looking forward to seeing her. Bit of firework. Um, Lionel Richie's always good. Take that. Are they going to reform? If they do, that would be a pretty big Only deal, Only as a threesome, it? it said. Only as a threesome. Mm, but, because I was thinking of this, because pretty... Robbie Williams, his da- he's not part of the trio, and it was his daughter who was a bridesmaid for Princess Eugenie. So are they part oh, of the... yes. So does that put... And, the, you know, a bit more American-based. So I'm wondering whether, you know... Robbie's team are a bit more Team Harry, maybe. I don't know. This is me just liking to interpret. He's just, he's just busy. Um, and the one extra thing that I would like to see added to the lineup is a Spice Girls reunion. Because obviously back in the day, they hung out with Prince Charles and they were like William and Harry when they were younger. I'm talking about like the late 1990s here. I might be showing my age, Russell. You're looking like blank. Who are the Spice Girls? <laughs> I don't know the Spice Girls. I'm older than you, I think. And so, uh, um, are they going to reform? Well, we know that Mel B is probably going to be at the coronation. Um, we probably think that Jerry would be there. Jerry does lots of stuff. Can we wish this trust. into existence? Well, I'm I'm doing it now. I'm doing it. Ooh. So, uh, can we get a reunion? I mean, I don't know. Victoria Campaign seems to be the, the stick here. in the mud, doesn't she? But like Bex is all involved with the royals. He's got his. He had his little bad. You know, they've been to the, all the weddings. It's it can happen. Come on. Yeah, he's, pro- he's probably persona non grata because he wanted an, an honour, didn't he? And That's he's, true. He's not. He's not going to get one now. Well, yeah. There's a few people who've uh, spoiled their copybooks in various ways over the years, aren't there? <laughs> anyway, right. So that's that. And we also know, as of this week, what we're being encouraged to eat. For the big weekend, the coronation dish with broad beans, spinach, and tarragon. What does this make you think, Russell? Well, I had one today. Somebody made one. I was at uh, I was at an event, and uh, somebody had produced a coronation quiche. I'm not too keen on broad beans. Must be said. I don't mind a quiche lorraine or even a spinach quiche, but you know, tarragon, broad beans. Now, listen. This is. I mean, I think it's a it's a winner whatever way you look at it, because it is a cheap dish. You can eat it hot or cold. You can take it to your street parties. You can mix and match. Apparently, uh, Charles used to like salmon uh, in his dish when he'd been fly fishing. One of the uh, royal chefs had been talking during the week that he was very fond of salmon quiche. So um, I think it's a winner. Yeah, fair enough. It's fair to say the coronation quiche has been a bit of a talking point since it was announced. So I thought I would ask our listeners who follow us on Instagram over at Podsafe what they think of it. So thank you to everybody who let us know. Um, bit of a split, mixed opinions. I would say there are some people who are excited. A Smith Two says love it. Dana Marie Fifty Two, Tree Matterson, and Miss Kerry D all say they will be making it. CMM Davis simply says yum. Jacqueline Q. Akoko and Rona DL50 both say they appreciate it being vegetarian. But some people were definitely not fans. Jill Daddis said, love quiche, but putting beans in it? Yuck. Beans? Ooh, says Leah Schmaltz. And King's Thursdays says, I don't care for tarragon. So 
some of the particular flavors in there not necessarily uh, the favorites with some people. Mindless Browsing says, I'm American and just feel this is so basic. I want something more regal, more attractive. Steph MW101 similarly feels it's slightly boring, but I'll make it for our watch party. Cheryl Will says, sounds delicious. Versatile, adaptable to your taste, easy to serve. Love the idea. But I think my favorite comment was from Iowa Licious, who says, is it supposed to be ironic? Eggs? Protesters? Let them eat quiche. So... Thank you, everybody, for sharing your opinions. But I did also want to hear from somebody who has already had a go at making it. Hi, I'm Courtney. I'm the lifestyle editor for Mirror Online. And this week, I had a go at making the coronation quiche. I have to admit, when I first saw the recipe, I did not feel particularly excited about the dish. But I offered to give it a go anyway, which was pretty bold of me because I am a disaster in the kitchen. Last year, I had a go at making the Platinum Jubilee pudding, and it was meant to take about three hours to make, and I think it took me well over six hours in total to put it all together. So that gives you some indication of how bad I am at following recipes. But this, interestingly enough, did actually turn out quite well. I did have to resort to using shop-bought, ready-made shortcrust pastry because I did have an accent with my own pastry, but the recipe says you can do that, so it's fine. It's not cheating. And the rest of it, went very smoothly um and the quiche tastes good it's not a showstopper it's not mind-blowing or anything like that but the flavors work well it tastes nice it would make a great lunch or dinner option i think the recipe says you should serve it with potatoes and greens or salad totally agree and i also think it worked really well cold which i know some people think is controversial but i'm a fan of cold quiche i think if i made it again i would probably add some chicken i think that would make it even better but that's just me uh, and I think the only fault with it is how much it costs to make, which I bought all of the ingredients from Tesco and I ended up spending about £20 with a club card. So that's with some discount for club card prices. So, you know, when you compare that to a normal shop board quiche is about £2.50, this is a pricey dish to make. But I think, you know, if you've never made a quiche, I had never made a quiche before this. And I did feel a great sense of accomplishment when I took it out of the oven and could see what I'd done. So worth a go for the novelty aspect as a one-off think but otherwise I'd also be quite happy to just stick with a shop or quiche in future will you be making it I'd love to find out what other people think let me know right well Courtney has a slightly different experience making she found it quite pricey to make but there we go I'm excited about the quiche and it will be featuring on our afternoon tea Shay Shay Man and my own Prince of Wales for our coronation weekend celebrations um, along with some bubbly that we got from Lana Vineyard, which was opened by the Duchess of Cornwall, it transpired. From, um, well, no, it wasn't opened. It was, uh, I think it was their 10th anniversary or something. Either way, it was a very fabulous plaque that had been opened there. And I will post a picture of that. That was where I was on my, uh, part of where I was on my travels last week. Um, Easter? It feels like a long time ago now. Gosh, it but, does feel like a long time ago. And we saw little yeah. Louis with his little tie with bicycles on. Blue yeah. seems to be the thing. I mean, that was the colour for um, Charles and Camilla's portrait last time we were chatting, and everybody seemed to be in blue for the Easter Easter gathering. Well, it was. It was nice. Nice set of pictures. Uh, oh, more no- notable. It must be said, Prince Andrew kind of got himself up the uh, up the chain of people walking to church, where he wasn't necessarily doing that when the late Queen was here, but certainly he was striding behind the King. And Queen Consort alongside his sister. Uh, is this 
sort of a, a chance for him to rehabilitate his image. Are we going to see him more at the coronation? Is he going to get a seat? Is he going to wear robes? I mean, so many unanswered questions at the moment. So uh, it depends who you're talking to, because I think certain people are playing their cards very close to their chest, saying that it's not an opportunity for uh, Andrew to try and get back into the royal fold. He's fully behind the king, all the things that you would expect. But you know, it might present an opportunity for him that he will take. I saw that Fergie was on Good Morning Britain today, and she has been doing this a lot. I mean, she's obviously very on busy. PR, she's as busy PR as you, round. Russell. She just a, just might be. She is doing a big PR round for her book, and she has been mentioning Prince Andrew a lot and and saying, you know, he's a good father, he's a good grandfather, he's an honest person. He, uh, what did she say today? The heat needs to die down. He needs to be taken out of the spotlight so he can get on with his life. Well, I think a lot of people do think that you know, all his misfortune has been of his own doing. So whether he does want to see this as a way back into the fold, um, who knows? I suppose we'll have to wait and see. But he does see himself as a young man who has uh, you know, a lot of life to live. He's only 63. And that certainly he doesn't want to retire. And even if he does retire, what's he going to do now? Not golf. Um, Russell, what do we have to look forward to next week? Well, a lot more coronation planning. Um, hopefully the chaos will have died down somewhat. But uh, In your life or theirs? Oh, gosh, no. There's plenty of chaos in my life. So uh, I don't know at the moment what we can discuss. Probably not a lot. We're going to have, a, obviously, I think as we build up to the coronation, we're going to see the royals out and about a bit more because... This is the time. We're at the business end now. Two weeks to go to the coronation and they are going to want to put on a show, as it were. I'm looking to, forward to finding out a bit more of the music, a bit more of the ceremony. All these things will become clear in due course. And um, certainly it's all happening. Well, we look forward to discussing them with you in due course. Listeners, thank you for joining us once again. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Podsafe, and we'll be back with you very soon. But until next time... Podsafe the King!